Hey everybody, uh, Rachel Bloom is back this episode. It's great. We talk about her new album, Please Love Me. It's, uh, uh, I, I say this a lot, but I mean it. Uh, I love this album. It's one of the, my favorite comedy albums in a very long time. Uh, we have a few clips here and there uh, with Rachel's kind permission. And yeah, it's great. Go buy it. I, I highly recommend it. I, I literally, I've listened to it 20 sometimes already, and I just absolutely love the thing. So, yeah, it's great. Enjoy this episode. Go check out all of Rachel Bloom's stuff. Go to racheldoesstuff.com, and thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me. This week, Rachel Bloom is back. Hi, Rachel. Hi. So, uh, you have an album out. I do. Last time you were here, we were, we talked about an, the, it being an eventuality, but you weren't really uh, sure when, I don't yes, think. Yes, yes, because I was waiting on, I thought that the album was going to get a label attached, because uh, the album was done for like a while. Oh, and then, okay. Um, and then I thought I was going to get a label attached, and then I just actually started, because it took so long, I started adding sketches, and then I added a new song, so mm -hmm. it actually, I'm glad it took as long as it did. Yeah. It was, and it's it's wonderful. Thank I love you. it. It is. Uh, I will do my best not to uh, kiss your ass through this whole thing. It is my favorite comedy love, album in years. So, really? Yes. Wow, 100%. that's really really nice of you to say. I love it. I love it. And it's, you know, it's uh, yeah. You, there's not. There's a lot of musical comedy out there, and it doesn't always. I mean, you know, like the Lonely Island is the only thing I, I can compare it. Not compare it to, but yeah. that's out there. That's strictly musical comedy, but they rap. And that's fine, and that's a thing that they do. But mm -hmm. you know, th this is very—it's um, uh, more eclectic. You've got a lot Thank more you. stuff on it, you Thank know. You. And it's the sketches are really funny. The nice, brief, short sketches are really good. Um, let's let's talk about. I mean, we can obviously start with. We can go down the track listing. You can just talk about making it in general. Um. Oh, mm -hmm. it's whatever you prefer. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. What's the what was the the extra track then? Let's 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 work backwards. What was the one that you added on? You added a song. Oh well, well you know, um, basically, after a while, I realized that like if I want to like release this album, I should have um, a a pop. I should have like one new pop song uh -huh. to go on the album because the rest of the pop songs were all like stuff that I'd done previously. Mm -hmm. So. The song Die When I'm Young was the newest one. And that's the okay. newest track on the album. Because yeah. that was written in January, February. Okay. Yeah. And that was me very specifically wanting to do a pop song that felt current. Mm -hmm. um, especially because I'm in my own life, like, a lot of the other ideas I had for new songs were more, like, non-specific okay. or, or, you know, like, almost like homages to, like, past types of music. So mm -hmm. I, I want to do something current. Um, so... I start on like, well, what do what's something about pop music that I've noticed that I want to say? Mm -hmm. um, so I started. So that was the that was the newest track. Yeah. On that. Um, and <laughs> the video is also. <laughs> thank you, Lorenzo yeah. Lamas. Trying to get trying to get more eyes on it, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was a really fun video to make. Yeah. Uh, who? Well, let's see. Actually. Well, I guess we can go into the specifics about the videos later. Um, they're just really... They, they always look really good. And obviously, that's a big part of what you do is these really... The high production values going all the way back to the first one. Yeah. To the Ray Bradbury song. Um, do you... I mean, I guess you're not calling from the same crew because you're not on the East Coast anymore. But. No, no, but it's the same. I mean, like, I have a DP who I love in New York mm -hmm. who did uh, Ray Bradbury, Mermaid, and the Boobies song. Okay. And he's very sim. I mean, in in many ways, very similar to the DP I found in LA. Uh -huh. so the DP in New York is named Paul Rondo, and he's great. And uh -huh. he's just kind of 
a one man shop. Like you know, he he. Uh, I mean, he knows exactly what equipment. Basically, you you tell him. You know, he has his own camera, and then you tell him. He tells you what equipment you need to rent, and mm-hmm. you rent that equipment, and he knows exactly how to set it up mm-hmm. to make it look good. That's if you have so a good. camera and great lights and someone who's amazing, like. You don't need millions of dollars to make something look great, right. which is which is awesome. Um, and then the DP I found out here, his name is Gustavo Peterson, and he's mm-hmm. just equally just awesome, like a really really great DP. And I've worked with him on so many projects now, and and that's really why the videos look high production. I mean, I I feel like even when I released Ray Bradbury, there were a lot of sketches out there mm-hmm. that looked like shot on home cameras production value wasn't a thing right and then in the past year or two now that people everyone started getting these nice cameras Mm -hmm. everything started to look good right i mean really like you have to have a sketch that looks good now for sure and the competition i guess increases then but uh, again you have the uh, the good fortune to stand out because again it's funny music and i I, I, am I wrong that that's less competitive, or is there more out there that I'm thinking about? No, I think you know what it usually is is um, people doing typically one type of genre. Yeah, and I don't see people doing a ton of high production pop songs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I haven't seen a ton. I mean, there was definitely out there. Sure. And then of course you'll get like one offs through mm-hmm. like a funnier dire college humor. Right. Um. But the comedy pop songs, like, being what I specialize in, mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, you know, Lonely, La- Lonely Island does does raps, mm-hmm. um, and then Jean Lejoie is great. But uh, I definitely... The fact that I'm doing a lot of genres, I like to think, sets me apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm really happy with that and proud of that. It should be. I mean, they shoot quick, too. It felt like I was on the the. You were the on the recent video. one, yep. yes. And that was a lot of That's fun. That's one of my favorite songs. It's... <laughs> I hadn't... I didn't buy the album that. I've written, that, sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like in the world. Ever. Be... Uh, I hadn't heard the song before we came to the set, so I was incredibly shocked, but it was pleasantly shocked. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's great. Um, also very short, but you. I felt like you... Again, it... You, you have a crew that shoots very quickly. So. It's just people who know what they're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's you find a crew of people who know what they're doing, mm-hmm. who know how to get things done. And nowadays, honestly, like, uh, people are so used to working on internet budgets mm-hmm. and internet, these day-long shoots where you sure. try to fit in everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually gotten to be the norm yeah. for a lot of people. For sure. But I also just had a great um, a great crew for that shoot. And then my, my boyfriend has been directing some of my music videos okay. lately which my my friend heard that he was like oh god because sometimes <laughs> that's a really bad mix but right. i work really really well with my boyfriend yeah. and he's a great director that's awesome so it ended up being okay of course yeah so this whole thing then i'm assuming is released independently so is, is that correct did you just totally the album yeah yeah wow that's that's a lot of work um yeah <laughs> like... i mean look it was recorded over you know i mean counting ray bradbury mm-hmm. two and a half years yeah. uh 10 11 12 13 yeah it'll be three year ray brad will be well recording that song has already been three years as of this february okay so i released the album it it, it took really over the course of three years although like ray bradbury was recorded in february of 2010 mm-hmm. and then the mer and then mermaid song was recorded in like october 2010 okay and then and then I took a big, big, big break 
And then there were, like, two songs recorded in 2011, yeah. and then, like, the bulk of them recorded in 2012. That's funny. Yeah. That's, uh, man, that's a lot of work. But, it, I mean, it's, do you, are you, boy, how do you schedule the the releasing, uh, or, or that is to say, like, the PR for it and everything? I mean, are you doing that all on your own? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, especially Jesus. when I was releasing this album, I yeah. had no money. Mm-hmm, right. And a PR person's going to be thousands of yes. dollars. Yes, yes. And I didn't have a thousand dollars, so right. so I basically reached out to people I already knew mm-hmm. at comedy websites sure. and tried to get the word out. Right, and then like got the email addresses of other people at comedy websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all you can do, no, really. Of course. Yeah, you know, especially in the day and age of like it's so the internet world is so single based. Yeah, that the album is kind of has multiple uses right and i think it got some good it got some good coverage and good traction um i think it really really worked having because i had the disney princess song released on cracked yeah which has such an amazing built-in audience and then it went really well Mm -hmm. on cracked and i think that that helped obviously my album sales for sure and get the word out about like who i am in general yeah so i think that was really great and it's uh i mean uh, i guess Maybe, I, I don't know how difficult it was mm-hmm. to uh, put this together over three years. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess it does speak to your longevity that, again, people are still, you know, they're, they're, they're sticking around to see what else you make. You know what I mean? And you, you get the opportunity to remind them that this is not, you know, Gangnam style. This is not one hit big video. You know what right, I'm saying? And right, you get right, right. Through all these. And uh, the other thing is, too, you're getting it through the, like you said, cracked, but also funny or die. So these different venues, which I'm assuming, I'm hoping is helping in that. Yeah, it's been really great to, like, outsource that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I definitely, I think there are a couple ideas I have now that I'm like, okay, what do I want to do with these? Do I want to, like, mm-hmm. film these with someone or yeah. do I want to just film them myself and then, like, right. you know, outsource them again, like I did with my first, you know, four or five videos Mm -hmm. so um it has i mean especially like cracked with that i mean cracked has such a supportive built-in audience i mean if you're going on view count alone the view count on that is so great yeah do you have any plans as uh, for the album itself did you did you did you block it out or was it just i'm going to write these songs and then pick a nice order or did you really have like a whole picture for the album because, like you say, it is very single-based, and we're you know we're not in the seventies anymore. Where yeah. comedy albums are big. Well, you know, I knew I'd say most of the songs on there are were music videos or are meant to be turned into videos. Mm-hmm. And then the but the sketches and the little stuff mm-hmm. was meant to just be on the album and be like right. nice, just make it a full comedy album. <laughs> At school life can be such a drag Whitney Jones called me a fag But her cat ate salmon out of my hand I smiled at Michael in the halls Then he spread rumors I have balls But I taught his dog to hug on command I have so many friends Right, dog? Cause I steal pets from the popular people And then dress the pets up like the popular people I steal pets from the popular people And hide them all in a shed Yeah, I steal pets from the popular people And then dress the pets up like the popular people I steal pets from the popular people And paint their nails red Take it, Cuddles! Sketches that I'd written mm-hmm. uh in you know throughout the years that I just really liked and I think would make a good audio sketch yeah. and then a couple of them are 
just for the album, like mm-hmm. something that I thought would be funny on an album. Right. So it, it's always kind of, the album's been in the back of my mind. You know, I mean, I wish that I could do even more videos. And the, and the reason has been is that just luckily my, the television writing mm-hmm. takes up uh, a, a lot of time. Sure. Like, I mean, a day at Robot Chicken really drains you. I bet. And I come home and I'm just done. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I wish that I could say I have two albums now. Right. But I obviously just didn't (laughs) fortunately didn't fortunately didn't have the mental time Mm -hmm. 2012 got really busy in some great ways sure to like you know make make it a 20 song album right well i that's the other thing too though is it what's what's the full length what does it come in at do you know i didn't have the time of the the full album oh oh it's short is it it's um Oh, I want to say the. I mean, I should have pulled three, it up. See, six, this is my dumbass. Twelve, fifteen. I mean, that's 18, the other thing too. Is you know, they're they're 21. they're good tight small songs. Yeah, I'd say there's three minute songs. Yeah. So I mean, I, I honestly want to say the whole album's like a half hour. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's I tight probably, songs, you know. Sure, but that's uh, again, that's one of the reasons it works. People kind of get drained at least nowadays by long comedy albums and i don't you know especially mm-hmm. especially with comedy music i don't pr- I, the thing is that's i guess that's what makes this re-listenable too i mean yeah. i bought the album knowing you're going to come on the podcast i wanted it anyway i'm like finally i, I need to actually spend thank the money you on the your, album thank you for your support of course of course uh i tried to steal it i was unsuccessful that's not true um I, but <laughs> But I would have sent it to you for free. <laughs> I've listened to it probably fifteen times since oh, I bought this whole week. Great. It's just because it's it's on a loop. It still works every time. And that's I, great. That's hard. That's hard for any comedy album. And I don't know. Again, it speaks to the 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 power of the music, um, but also the little sketches don't. I mean, they they tie it together really well. Great. I, I I'm trying to think of what my favorite one is though. Um, maybe the voices in your head. Oh, good, uh, good, good. I love good. that one a lot. I love that sketch. Yeah. yeah I'm so happy that people like that. I, anybody, I think, can relate to those, maybe not the specifics, but definitely the yeah. self-doubt. And it's definitely a thematic, I mean, it's why the album is called, like, Please Love Me, because <laughs> right. I feel like a lot of the songs, the thesis statement of the album is, this is how music portrays people, which is confident and yeah. super happy, and this is how life actually is, which yeah. is we hate ourselves and we're self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And life is chaotic and horrible. So even though you didn't have... Uh, you had a theme, and that's that is so far and above the way people put together albums nowadays. You yeah, know? yeah. That, that, that theme is abundantly clear throughout the whole thing, and it's obvious that you you know having that you know having that lightness about self doubt and self often hate. You know that is, yeah. Is, I I feel like it's I don't know it's 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 really positive to listen to. Also, oh, good. Which even though it's got a singing aborted fetus, it's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Rapping, part of me, rapping aborted fetus. Yeah, that was a. I was pretty <laughs> proud of that. You know, I was working on the Die Young song because I knew I wanted to do a song. Something that I've been fixated on for a while is mm-hmm. like just the idea in our like this YOLO, and it's like all about like <laughs> just just music and our culture in general, just being like whatever like who cares mm-hmm. live in the moment and like i'm extremely afraid of death and sure. i never hear anyone talk about the very the realness of death mm-hmm. and mortality and right. it's just so ignored mm-hmm. like i feel like every day we delude ourselves into thinking we're gonna live forever and we don't realize that like death is coming for us all <laughs> so i knew i wanted to do a pop song about that and i like didn't know what the bridge was gonna be mm-hmm. and then i literally I literally woke up one morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not even lying. And I went, 
oh, it should be an aborted fetus. <laughs> and I was in bed next to my boyfriend, you know, who ended up directing the video, and I was like, hey, what if it was an aborted fetus? And he was like, yes. Holy shit. And I was like, because that's the equivalent and the epitome of death is cool. If, de- right. if death is cool, yeah. then an aborted fetus would be literally the coolest thing. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> One friend emailed me saying, nice video, like surprisingly pro-life. And I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. It kind of is. There's a line about the stem cells healing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the... I mean, I guess the un- the the subtext of that it, it was a late term abortion. I don't know. I guess it was a late term abortion. <laughs> Who made the puppet? The puppet. This really guy good. named David Fino. Uh huh. Is it Fino? Or- I think it's David Fino. Uh, he's a friend of mine in New York. We mm-hmm. actually did a web series together, and okay. he makes puppets. And he's he's operated puppets his whole life. It's like awesome. what he does. That's cool. So he did an amazing job on it. I fucking love puppets, and I it's just it's a really. <laughs> it's a great puppet. I'm so disturbed by that whole try that whole song. I'm that so whole song's yeah. I, I, I actually I think my mom listened to it and she was like, "That song's really sad." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad song. No, it is. Death is sad. Yep. The yeah. eventuality of our own demise is very sad. Mm-hmm. And saying that you're gonna like die young, right? Ignoring the fact that many people do die young of diseases, and mm-hmm. it's not cool. Yeah. Do you, uh, out of curiosity, how much input then, I'm assuming most of it, uh, like specifically on the um, the We Don't Need a Man song? Sure. The whole thing, you were, your voice is utterly unfiltered and just you singing. Yeah, straight. yeah. So- and I love that because it sounds almost like maybe you're not there maybe you are maybe you are but the, the just the reality here's yours, yours is the real voice yours is the one not lying to itself yeah sort of. yeah but also obviously filled with self-hate but you know um I, i'm just curious about the production choices like sure that. well that song was was a collaboration with me and jack dolgen who's who's the producer and, and the co-writer of many songs on the uh-huh. album and then uh this very talented girl sheena taub mm-hmm. who i went to school with and um so yeah, I mean, I think we knew. I mean, the idea was was originally um, something that I that I'd wanted to do for a while. Mm-hmm. This idea of um, a, an an empower a breakup an empowering breakup song that is consistently undercutted <laughs> by how I actually am during breakups. I mean, in many ways, the motivation for it was very similar to Pictures of Your Dick, uh-huh. where it's uh, and I think, but like throughout my life, I just I. I, I, I'm glad I've been in a relationship for five years and yeah. I honestly think it saved my life mm-hmm. because me single I was a, a wreck I mean yeah. I was constantly heartbroken and sure. I would take it hard sure. I mean I and so I think that that's a major theme of my songs in general mm-hmm. especially like love and breakups is just like you never see people being pathetic right. in pop music right. and I'm pathetic <laughs> when it comes to like you know getting your heart broken sure so so I think so the production of that yeah we definitely wanted me um you know I think it was Jack's idea to make to make my voice just unfiltered mm-hmm. no auto tune mm-hmm. um as as that kind of blatant contrast so then let's talk about stuff you grew up listening to because I'm curious. I mean, I, I could generalize with musical theater, but that wouldn't be fair. It's not that there isn't dark musical theater, but no, you know what? it's I mean, so fantastic. You know what my sweet spot was? Hmm. And and this still inf- and this really informs me as a writer. Um I really loved Sorry. No problem. Um I really loved when cuz I think I grew up kind of a dark kid with mm-hmm. many dark thoughts yeah. contrasted with my need 
to escape. Okay. And and that's why I listen to musical theater. I just I was in my own world. Mm-hmm. So the the I just I feel like as a person I'm either very dark, mm-hmm. like aborted fetuses, right. or I'm very happy and like a bunch of people tap dancing. Sure. So I really loved musicals that had happy music. Mm-hmm. Um that was conveying very dark themes. Okay. Like, it's why I love Chicago. Sure. The play and the movie, obviously, because it's vaudevillian songs um, that are, you know, just describing something very dark, which mm-hmm. is someone who's murdered someone and yeah. she's a, she's potentially going to get killed. And it's told... And, and that's why I love Stephen Sondheim's Assassins, mm-hmm. because it does the same thing. Right. You know, Charles Gateau sings a song, mm-hmm. uh, Look On... I don't know if you know Assassins very well. I know bits of it, but not... So, so there's this one song that's just amazing, where it's Charles Gateau, who murdered President Garfield, mm-hmm. is ascending the steps to the gallows, and he cakewalks, and he sings, Look on the bright side, look on the bright side, step on the right side of the Lord. And that, that like, happiness with something really dark underneath it mm-hmm. is like what I love. Like I bawled behind the candelabra mm-hmm. because the end of it is, I mean, say what you want about Liberace, but the end of it is him like um, singing the impossible dream. And it's just this like, oh this gay, uh, beautiful fever dream. And, mm-hmm. and, and beneath it, he's just died of, of AIDS. And, yeah. and you see how stripped down he just looked. And yeah. like any time when it's like a gay man dying of AIDS and they're just like, I just wanted to be fabulous. <laughs> it just gets me bawling because mm-hmm. it's that spectacle contrasted with what's w- really going on. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, I really connected with Chicago, Assassins. I really loved anything Can- Candor and Ebb okay. w- because uh, Candor and Ebb wrote Chicago. They also wrote okay. Cabaret. Right. And like perfect example of the most dramatic song in the musical Cabaret mm-hmm. is not the song that they sing Tomorrow Belongs to Me, which is the the Hitler Nazi song. Yeah. It's the song Cabaret. Right. Because Cap- Sally Bowles is singing What Good is Sitting Alone in Your Room. But but that song is her literally deciding to get an abortion. Yeah. That's what that song is. So right. so I really love the contrast. I mean it's it's really it's the contrast between the happiness of the songs and what's below that. Cause I wanna die when I'm Hello, this is Dr. Yamaguchi with your test results. Oh, yeah, hey, what's up? Hello, Rachel. I'm sorry to inform you that the biopsy came back positive. What do you, what do you mean positive? I'm gonna die when I'm your own. I didn't expect this to literally happen. I'm gonna die when I'm your own. I guess this is what I wanted. I'm writing a musical right now that takes place in the 20s. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like a... It's, I mean, it's my sense of humor. It's like a, sure. a dark comedy <laughs> musical, but it's very happy and everything's in this voice. Of course. And the, the love song that I'm working right now of the closing of the act one finale is, mm-hmm. um, it's so blatantly what I'm talking about. It's uh, basically a love song and the, and the guy's singing about how he's in love and they're and they're um, dancing and, and, it's, and it's this beautiful waltz about how he's in love and then you the lights change and you see what's actually going on and they're having sex but it's just like gross awkward sex like because <laughs> that's what sex actually is yeah. you know there are so many songs in musical theater about like tonight shall be the night I meet my love and, and in reality you're talking about fucking which like is a very just like non musical like <laughs> like you know it's a very like r- animalistic act yeah so yeah it's not sexy 
It's Se- not sexy. Sex is not sexy. Sex is, it is gross. Yeah. It's messy. Mm-hmm. This is making me sound like I'm probably gay, but I'm not. I'm very straight. And that's why I like it. Right. It's not, it's not like, um, you know, it's rhythmic, but like not, you know. Right. Anyway, so I feel like I just like the dark with light. Yeah. Do you, so, but you grew up in New York, right? Is that correct? L- LA. Oh, you wait, you grew up here? Yeah. Did we not talk about this last time? That's why I don't know. I guess I assume because you Me? were in, so I feel like an asshole. I no, apologize. No, no, you're not so you an asshole. Here. I grew up here. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a very East Coast influence, though. My dad was okay. from Boston. My grandfather, who really affected me a lot, was from New York. Mm-hmm. And he was a stand-up comic. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was uh, also like an actor and a director, so mm-hmm. um, my grandparents took me to, to musicals a lot. Okay. But, you know, I think I was growing up in this beach town. I had kind of East no, East Coasty feeling family. Sure. I, as a person, was just, like, nervous and wanting to be like, go, 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 go all the time. Mm-hmm. And I grew up near the beach. And that everyone is why there you was like, me as East Coast, then. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't feel like every time I'm back in Manhattan Beach, I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I grew up here? Yeah. Everyone's so happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that probably affected me in that, like... And I think that affected my need to look for the darkness in things, because, yeah. like, everything by the beach felt, like, really, like, yeah. happy and light, and I was just like, no! Right. We're all gonna fucking die, you idiots! <laughs> it's good. It's a necessity. Yeah. You need people like that. Do, what was the... Do you know the first musical you ever heard, saw, were exposed to? Well, I do remember... I think I'd seen musicals before this, but I went and saw Guys and Dolls when I was... Five, six, awesome. and I will always remember that. I, I saw it at a community theater called the Kentwood Players, okay. which is still there. Uh-huh. I haven't been there in years, but um, and I just I remember Adelaide was singing "Bushel and a Peck," and she pointed at me. She was like, "I love you," and I was like, "Oh my god, she's pointing at me!" <laughs> and and my grandparents uh, knew the people like in that show, so I I remember seeing that musical very early on. That's awesome. I'm so sorry. My phone just went off and no said problem. the word arse, which is my text message. Hilarious. I'm so sorry. Um, so, okay. Then, okay, so you saw that. Uh, I, that's, the, you know, that one's got its own, you know, dark Not really. I, I think it's, you know, it started out just a love for happy, happy musical okay. theater. I mean, okay. that's, that's what it started yeah. as. You know, Singing in the Rain, all mm-hmm. of these happy musicals. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I got darker as a person. Okay. That I that I liked that contrast that mm-hmm. I that I craved that juxtaposition between my escapist self and my realist self. Mm-hmm. What was the first one that you really sought out or that turned out to be dark and really really pleased that side of you? Was it either Cabaret or Chicago or was it something else? Let me go through my life. <laughs> Cuz it's not always easy to remember those things. You know, I want to say Chicago probably was because yeah. I saw it in elementary school. Oh my god, your cat is so cute. Jason's <laughs> cat is you. like rubbing against Oh my god, you are such a friendly cat. Oh, I love you. Okay, sorry. I saw Chicago when it came here. I guess was it what what, what year was that revival? Was it 96? Okay. 97? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you as if as if yeah, you know. right, like as if um, no shit about shit. So I must have seen it in 97, which was 5th grade. Oh, you know what? No, you know what the dark the dark the first dark show I saw that I really loved was <clears> Rent. Oh, okay. I saw Rent Jesus Christ. Yeah, during right. the in the LA cast that came here with Neil Patrick Harris, mm. and that was the first time I would like listen to like December twenty fourth, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'd be like, "Yeah, 
they're dark because life is dark. Ugh. <laughs> That's painful. I know Jesus all Christ. of Rent by. I mean, I mean, I I know most of Rent. By yeah, Art. yeah, all two and a half hours. Jesus. God, I, I, and I've only, you know, my limited history is with watching a lot of movies from the 40s as a kid, and then, you know, again, it's all movies, so I've seen one or two sure. plays on, on stage. Um, how old, how old were you when you saw that first then? Because that's just, like, I was, um, 10. 10, oh my God. That's just, yeah. that just seems, that would my be parents are pretty open with me about that's, stuff. I mean, I good. didn't understand half of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it's. I mean, a major plot point is a transvestite dying of AIDS. Right. So I, I mean, I knew they had AIDS. Sure. I knew he was a transvestite, but I don't think I knew what that really meant. Mm-hmm. I think I... Did I already know how gay men had sex? I, there was actually a conversation, I remember, in which I, I remember asking my dad, how do gay men have sex? Wow. Because I'd picture them just, like, rubbing pe- penis tips together. <laughs> and then my dad ex- explained... Um, Oh, right. No, you know what? Because I had asked, why do gay men get AIDS? Why is it a, a, a why is it like, why, why is it in the gay community? Mm-hmm. I think that was actually probably right after I saw Rent. Okay, yeah. And now, I remember, some, my dad had explained it to me. Now, I, I guess this is true mm-hmm. about AIDS transmissions, but it's not really, I mean, gay, it just started out because that's where it got spread. I mean, right. it was, it was in the gay community. That's, that's why. Sure. My dad was also saying that when you have butt sex, that mm-hmm. it like, you rub against the anal wall and you, and you bleed. That and, is what and, they say. And that right. is what they say too. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only reason for it. But, right. but I, but anyway, I remember that conversation where I learned what, what, what uh, gay guy sex was. This is the first episode which in which anyone's used the term anal wall. So anal wall. Thank you. For, You're welcome. I really do appreciate. Now it. I've since heard from my gay friends, of course. I mean, I, I, being being a gay guy in many ways just sounds so fun. Like I remember I had one gay friend be like, "Oh my god." Like butt sex, if you're a guy, is the best thing ever. They were like, "It doesn't, it it blows any other sex out of the water." And I believe it. I believe that gay men are mm-hmm. the human race perfected. Yeah. And anytime I write a character who has to be smart and like see through everyone's bullshit, mm-hmm. I make it a gay guy. Make it a gay guy. Just and maybe that's a testament to just that I happen to have known in my life a lot of really fantastic gay people. Sure. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure. Look, there are of course some day there are dumb people everywhere. Of course, right. But like my best friend in high school um, was like the smartest and most motivated person I've ever known and like he's gay and like I just there's so many gay men are the best I agree yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm right behind that good job Jesus Christ um what I was going to ask is you, you just reminded me of the boobies song yeah <laughs> writing it from was that all you writing that? No, I mean, okay. I mean, I, mean, I, I would say... Because that's definitely nails down the mind of a 13-year-old boy. I would say, look, a lot of that is hearing my a lot of my boyfriend's very funny stories from when he was a child. Oh, okay. Um, it, who went, and he went to a yeshiva okay. in Long Island. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that idea of, a, of, a Jew, of the Jewish guilt, um, you know, you have these conservative... Jewish parents and influences who are like, this is what God expects of you. And you're like, oh, but my penis. (laughs) And then, of course, my producer and co-writer, Jack Dolgen, had that song where he he really had the stamp on that song. Yeah. There was just so much. I mean, there was stuff. 
you know, it was really me also just, just talking to friends casually. And, like, like a, a big theme that I kept hearing from guys is they thought the vagina was on the stomach. And I yeah. heard that from a lot of guys. So yeah. I just put that in the song. It's fucking great. I'm trying to think. Benny Hanna was mine. Uh-huh. Well, and, you know, the song was originally based on um, me reading my own diary from elementary school and uh-huh. finding erotic poetry that I've written, uh-huh. which I read to uh, a group of people a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. And it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. I bet. Um, so <laughs> that song was actually based on the erotic stuff that I wrote. Mm-hmm. The only reason, actually, that I changed it to a little boy was just so that I could sing it. Okay. okay. But but otherwise, it it would have been called like you you can rub my penis hole. Like it, it would have been called something <laughs> like that. You know. Yeah. Now I think the like it's maybe a little less creepy with a woman singing to a little boy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like I don't. I don't know, you know, the end of the sketch originally, and we cut it out, and I almost kind of wish we'd filmed it, uh-huh. the end of that sketch originally was you cut back into the classroom, and then you cut to another, a girl asleep in class, and uh-huh. you go into her mind, Yeah, and it's just a big talking penis <laughs> that goes, hello, Sarah Rosenberg, I am the penis, tell me, do you want to get married? <laughs> oh and we were going to film it, and then I think we were just like, ah, it's like a weird tag, mm-hmm. but I kind of like i don't want to film that (laughs) um i don't know where to go from that because i that's that's pretty there's nowhere to go no there isn't but that's fine i'm living like a pimp straight out of jail i hire a hottie full time to splash water on my tail always dancing at the clubs at hollywood or sunset oh i'm happy to be out of that white trash ocean ghetto but yeah the booby song i mean yeah jack had a real jack had a had a real stamp on that mm-hmm. um and then i just remember thinking you know we should have someone come in and shame the kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the same way, you know, these bridges for me mm-hmm. are, it, it's almost like just a muscle at this point where it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the like non sequitur? What's the, what's right. the, what, how do you heighten this very quickly with mm-hmm. that bridge? And I was like, okay, well, you have like his mom come in. Oh, it's like expected. You have his yeah. grandma come in. Uh, and then it's just like, who's the person that would shame a child the most? Oh, gold in my ear. Mm-hmm. Gold in my ear coming in telling you not to touch your dick. <laughs> Is that your voice doing that voice, or is that no. someone else? Okay, because no, that's, that's my friend. Um, amazing transformation. It so. actually depends when you got the album, because I realized we put the wrong version of the song out on the original oh, album. Really? Okay. It was my boyfriend doing the Golden Mayer voice. It's like a boy's voice. Really? Then we changed it to be the uh, the intended person, which is my friend Nicole, okay. whose father is Israeli, so she does the Israeli accent really well, yeah. and she has kind of a deep husky voice. Okay, right, okay, so that's the one. That, that is I not have. me. That's <laughs> Um, it is me as the aborted fetus, though, just with my voice. I, I was going to ask it. I thought maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rap is really fast. You've got flow. That's I'm good. Aborted fetus, I'll never go to preschool or the prom, so I get bitches harder than my teenage mom. I spit rhymes faster than my stem cells heal, so let's be dropped like my notes of a wheel. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like, again, I don't get offended easily, and I was not offended, but that it works. We'll just say that I was like, my brain really wants to be offended right now, it's, and I don't get it's offended. offensive. Oh, it's you know definitely I mean? offensive. Like it's it's an aborted fetus in a cancer. <laughs> song it's a very offensive song yeah but it's you know it, i mean do you are you finding that that's an issue for you online where you're getting do you get a lot of shit for this i mean for being offensive yeah 
depends what you mean by shit. I mean, you'll you'll see a lot of comments about that booby song being like you're a pedophile, and it's like, oh, well, you just don't understand what the song's about. No. Um, no, you know, I mean, the views are still climbing on Funnier Die, so sure. no one's really given me yeah. shit. I mean, I feel like a lot of people who've watched the sketch right now who are just like my friends and like comedy fans. Uh-huh. No, no, not really. No one's given me shit for being. I mean, I mean, YouTube took down my pictures of your dick video and then finally put it back up when I sent them an argument. Yeah, but no one's. But there's nothing even in there that could. I don't understand. Well, it's that. a blurred penis, right? But like, you can kind of see it. I guess. I don't I, know. I, I I bought that it was probably not actually, but whatever. Oh, it it totally oh, it, was. Oh, it Straight is. Straight up was. Yeah, I actually have. A, if you go to Tim, I think it's. Tim's tiny dick dot dot com. It's the blog mm-hmm. where all of those penis pictures are uh, done from the point of view of my character. Uh-huh. And I actually couldn't publicize it on Facebook because the the logo of it is the actual picture of the penis. Oh my God. And I was afraid about getting in trouble on Facebook. Yep. But it's like Tim's tiny dick. I think it's either I think it's Tim's tiny dick dot dot com. And if you mm-hmm. go to that, it's the blog of my character from that song. There's there's a bit actually in in the um the the voices in your head press conference where you ask your you essentially ask yourself <laughs> how does it feel knowing that you sing that you you do things about dicks yes and I I guess I I would ask somebody who grew up listening to a specific type of musical mm-hmm. theater I mean it's I think it's amazing to ex- be able to expand on that did you but did you ever see yourself doing this kind of comedy like ever was that something and I don't mean specifically about dicks but I mean <sighs> what you're doing now no you know i think in high school middle school and high school i was so afraid of getting in trouble mm-hmm. and i was so i wanted to be like i wanted to be funny i wanted to like have my cake and eat too i wanted to be like funny and that's why i did musical comedy because musical comedy was a safe way to be funny right it was like being sticky without like getting in trouble for sure. being a class clown sure uh no i mean i mean i think towards the end of high school i started to get more into comedy but it was really college where i found my like dark sensibility where Mm -hmm. i'd want to get people like riled up or or that's not that's never an intention of getting people riled up but just going to those really dark places Mm -hmm. so no i didn't i'm very happy with it i mean i i think that i i think that's something that briefly turned me away from musical theater and i went to school for musical theater Uh and and the thing that really turned me off to it was very quickly um realizing that a lot of musicals are shitty i mean they're shittily written sure it's bad. They're bad. Yeah. They're bad. They're written and and a lot of musical comedy written by people who otherwise weren't doing comedy. Right. Which which <gasps> as I just started to learn more about sketch comedy just annoyed me like yeah. from a comedian's level. Yeah. My sense of humor changed. I mean, freshman sure. year of college, my sense of humor basically did a 180. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty pretty drastic actually. I mean, I used to think that the musical I Love You You're Perfect Now Change was funny, mm-hmm. and now I listen to it and it's I can't do it. It's unbearable. Yeah. Um, sorry out there if you wrote I love you apart that change it's a very dated show though so um, yeah I didn't picture that though but you are writing a musical now do you, what's, do you have a title yeah a well title? the title you know, right now no I can tell you about it I don't okay. care uh, the title right now is Broadway Crazy mm-hmm. but I think I want to change the title it's basically the story oh my god my contact hold on hold on guys this is just a moment of peril this is an emergency Where's, guys Okay, it's fine. Okay. Um, so it's a show that takes place in 1925, mm-hmm. and it's about, um, for anyone out there who's seen 42nd Street uh-huh. or like Thoroughly Modern Millie, yeah. it's basically, um, so 
It's about a girl who moves to New York uh-huh. to be a Broadway star sure. from Iowa. But um, she's not a farm girl. She's escaped from an institute for the criminally insane in Iowa to uh-huh. be on Broadway. So she's she's great. So mm-hmm. she's she's a, a, a schizophrenic serial killer, but she wants to be on Broadway. It's literally the <laughs> essence of who I am because mm-hmm. it's like I want to be on Broadway. Get the fuck out of my face! Uh, but the whole thing is done in a twenty style. Uh-huh. Obviously, all the songs are very old school musical theater. Mm-hmm. It's a tap dance show. It's yeah. a big old tap show. So I'm doing Act One of that at UCB just as a workshop mm-hmm. on August seventh. Oh, really? And then and then I'll just see how that goes, you know, see what works, what doesn't, and then I'll write Act Two, and then you know start to look into putting it up for reels. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, what cat? She likes you. She was also disturbed when you yelled, which was very funny. She gave you a very human look. Um, Where does she like to be scratched? Sorry. Uh, wherever really- she likes she likes belly scratches. For people at home, Lilu likes scratches on her belly. Um, just not too intensely because okay. she gets overstimulated because I think she has Asperger's. Oh, no. She acts like a, she's a very weird cat. She has anxiety. She's, oh, my <laughs> God. This cat is, she's kind of like a dog, though. She kind of is. Yeah, yeah. Jen raised her perfectly. Oh, well, I don't oh. know what that was. Oh, I don't know what that Lulu was did either. Not li- oh, but she's back for more. Okay. Sorry, guys. This must be really um, weird for exciting for you to listen and to. Brawling. Um Are there... So where do your tastes lie now? And I mean, uh, in musicals, are you? What do you seek out? You don't get to see a lot out here. I can tell you that right now. Nobody gets to see theater out here. But um, I really like stuff that's um, you know well written and specific and well written. Like I really like the music for Next to Normal. Mm-hmm. Of course, I love Book of Mormon. Yeah. I'm not in New York any, so I'm sure. not really like I used to be more up on like what are the great off Broadway shows yeah. playing and like off off Broadway shows playing. Mm-hmm. Like there was this musical called Adding Machine that was off Broadway a couple of years ago that uh-huh. I loved, and uh, so now I'm just not as as up on those. I'm kind of disconnected from the musical theater community now. Yeah. Um, although I've been slowly trying to get back into it, but I'm definitely out of the loop. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. If it's a good musical, it's a good musical for sure. Um, why do you think? Well, I guess it's kind of obvious, maybe, but why do you think there's no real musical theater out here? We don't get to see much in the way of... Well, you know, there is. There, there are exists. a lot of very good regional theaters out here. There's, okay. there, but, but it's not... Um, this isn't a theater town. New York is a theater sure. town. Everything is very... I mean, off-Broadway is, you know, some of the best shows you'll ever see mm-hmm. are off-Broadway. And and here, our off-Broadway is, is, you know, I guess... Which is just our little theaters, which is our off-Broadway. It's very hit and miss. You just kind of don't know what's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I saw this show, Annapurna, the other night Mm -hmm. with Megan Lally and Nick Offerman. That was phenomenal. It was so good. Yeah. But it was on, like, the Gold Star website, along with, like, ten other shows Mm -hmm. that, like, might have also been bad. Like, there's just not a lot of... There's not really a lot of like I don't. It's just not consistent. Mm-hmm. But there are very good regional theaters if you know where to look. Like sure. there's the Civic Light Operas. There's Musical Theater West. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like new musicals, it's just it's L.A. is a spread out city. Yeah, that's what it is. Is 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 to really be excited about theater in a community. There has to be a sense of community. Mm-hmm. And L.A. is just a spread out city. It's a collection of suburbs. Yeah, yeah. And that's not me bitching about it sure. as much no, no, no. as like it's just. It's a it's a reality. Yeah, does that's it, just what it is. Does it make it tough for you, or I mean, I, I guess maybe not. But since you are a comedy writer yeah. and that's your thing, yeah, 
you're in the right town, in the right place. Exactly, exactly. Baby, ever since you left, I've been looking so damn fine. I've been feeling like myself again. It's about goddamn time. Baby, ever since you left, I've been eating a lot of cheese. I haven't showered in three days, and my bed is covered in fleas. Empowered. We don't need a man. I'm trying to see more theater. I just got a subscription to the Geffen. Oh, nice. Jesus. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, seeing theater makes me feel whole. Mm-hmm. Theater is a very essential part of who I am. Yeah. And seeing it uh, is is an essential part of me, I think, being happy. So I got that subscription. Yeah. Do you, uh, out of curiosity, now that you're working on Robot Chicken, how do you feel? find your your writing or, or, or the, how do you find your sense of humor changing or is it or are you just able to relate hmm. it better on paper now um robot chicken's a very specific muscle yeah. because it's a lot of it's pop culture you know yeah. so my sense of humor isn't changing i've gotten a lot more productive as a writer okay because every day at robot chicken you come in and you you basically sit at your computer and mm-hmm. then you write sketches all yeah. day. It's it's not a typical writer's room. Okay. So you have to churn out three to four sketches a day. And they're outlines, but they're really full sketches. Yeah. I mean, they want full sketches. Uh-huh. So it just has made me productive. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm writing on my own now, it's like just the ability to sit down and, and write. You just, the ability to sit down and write and just like churn out content yeah that it really made that muscle a lot better it's got to be very separate though from the way you write your music because it's obviously very specific i mean the thing is again your album if if we were gonna i guess nail it down into what is it and if Mm -hmm. you were to tell try and pitch it to somebody easily you Mm -hmm. could say it was style parody you know if if you want to use the vernacular that's referred to for weird al uh it's style parody i guess but obviously robot chicken's just straight up parody and very specific yeah and sometimes they'll have sometimes they'll have you know just sketches but for the most part since it's animated and with toys mm-hmm. you want to have it's not going to be two people in a room mm-hmm. it's not going to be a sketch where it's just two people in a room talking about something yeah you know subtle and funny it, mm-hmm. it has to be like big humor high concepts high premise big things happening that merit the animation mm-hmm. so it hasn't changed my sense of humor but it's made me more productive yeah has it uh well no you already answered that so screw me for even thinking to follow up on it uh yeah, fuck you <laughs> how many how many videos are left to do for the are you going to do one for every song is there one for every song am i there isn't one for ghost snake oh right um <laughs> it's a weird song mm-hmm. it could be a fun animated video yeah. but um there and then there I mean the Mary Poppins like short thing I made with Cracked. Uh-huh. Uh the negative voice press conference, I actually think I do want to make and do a sketch. I yeah. think that would just be a really fun sketch. For sure. I should film that. Sorry. Sure? It just no. reminded me to film that. <clears throat> I should definitely film that. And then uh and then Thug Stroke, I'd like to film. <laughs> now this is the thing though. I and this is a little like you might not be able to listen to the album after you hear this and realize it, but uh-huh. Die When I'm Young, mm-hmm. Jazz Fever, and Thug Stroke mm-hmm. are all about uh, Ill- people having illnesses and dying. Mm-hmm. Jazz Fever, which I just filmed, which you're in, mm-hmm. has it, it's a completely separate premise from Die When I'm Young. Like, yeah. so different. Sure. But both of them 
are the arc of me getting sicker and sicker and dying. Yep. So I have to have a sketch released in between those two mm-hmm. just to tell people like, oh, I, I'm i not <laughs> just a comedian that does like stuff about people dying. Sure. Even though I think it's hilarious. Yeah, of course. Uh, what, wait, what was your question? My question was, are you going to do a video for every song? Oh, and, and so the answer is almost every song will have a video. Okay. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ghost Snake is just... <laughs> It's just such an absurd, funny song. I don't know if mm-hmm. there's like... I mean, you could make an animated video out of sure. that. Is it going to come... Did it come specifically... F- where did... Wh- why was Ghost it written? Snake? Yes. Did it just come from the concept of Boo Hiss? Because if so, that's really fucking... No, funny. it didn't. That's and I was... When I when I found that, I was so happy. Yeah. I was well, so even, happy. That's actually better. Okay. Um. No, I was walking my dog. Mm-hmm. This is... This is this this is the silliest inspiration for a song ever. Mm-hmm. I was walking for my dog. Mm-hmm. I walking my dog. Saw on the street, um, like a weird, I guess, straw, and I just thought, "Huh, ghost snake." <laughs> and then I realized it wasn't a ghost snake, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, go-. in my head, I was like, oh, but that would be like a really awesome thing, a ghost snake." Mm-hmm. And then I just maybe I was listening to a lot of Tenacious D at the time because uh-huh. there's definitely like I feel like a yeah. a um best song in the world influence mm-hmm. uh, or I just thought the a ghost snake would be the most epic thing yeah and indeed the lyric is like are you scared of me the ghost snake be scared of me the ghost snake insisted I'm the most awesome creature that has ever existed <laughs> no boo hiss was like I was I don't know oh you know what like hiss I, I was thinking like god I don't even know how I thought of it. it just it came together and I was like oh my god Boo hiss. Oh, fuck. I was so happy. My favorite part of doing all these, honestly, is mm-hmm. the writing process. Yeah. When it's like the idea of the song. I'm so excited about the idea of this song. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite part. I just love the idea that you can get excited about writing about cancer. <laughs> the abortive fetus made me really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I was like, take it, pop stars. <laughs> this is what you're putting out. Here's a fetus. How, are, you, are you getting a lot of like? Is there is there a response to any of these? It's uh, you said earlier. Oh, it's a great pro life song. Do you get a lot of like confused as to your intentions responses to these? Or are people mostly pretty hip to it? Um, no, people are confused. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone gets pictures of your dick. Sure. Again, the booby song. They think I'm a pedophile. Which is odd. The Disney princess song. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not a historically accurate song in that it's it. It takes the idea of living in the Middle Ages was actually really terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's not like, sure, it's not like verbatim historically accurate. So a lot right. of people are like, this should be called like historical stereotypes. And I was like, no, that's not the intention, though. Yeah. The intention isn't for me to be like, this is the garment that they actually uh, would have uh, worn. <laughs> because there's a statue made of thief hands and there are Jews that look like rodents. That's not historically <laughs> accurate. But it's it's taking that idea and mm-hmm. running with it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just that's too much. It's 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 so good. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about your influences, so I apologize. Let's let's maybe skip back. Did we miss anything? Is there is there another influence no, besides Weird Al and and, and uh, musical theater that we're missing? Um, I mean, I just think comedy. You know, when I when mm-hmm. I learned sketch comedy in college, that really changed me as a mm-hmm. person. And getting into comedy and going to UCB a lot, mm-hmm. and starting to watch sketch shows like Mr. Show sure. and the Upright Citizens Brigade and the Dana Carvey Show, which I love. Mm-hmm. And 
learning, you know, learning game. Um, I mean, game is is the way that UCB teaches sketch writing mm-hmm. and improv, and and that your your the game of a piece is your is your pattern. It's what the it's what the sketch is about. Sure. It's what that's about, and that has influenced me probably as a person. Like that singular concept mm-hmm. has really changed me as an artist because that's how I view everything now. Yeah, for better or for worse, is is what's the game? Mm-hmm. What's the central concept? What's what's this about? Why are you writing it? Well, that's 100% essential, I think, to writing a tight song. Then I guess that's why you can make them short because, you know, not everybody knows how to write a short comedy song either. Mm-hmm. You know, is they don't necessarily identify because they're maybe trying too hard to parody something that they don't really realize they don't have a concept. Or they yeah. don't have this core of an idea. This is not to insult every musical comedian out there, just most of them. No, I mean, look, I think I think that, but yeah, that that's... I want to always be surprising the audience. Mm-hmm. And a comedy song has a law of diminishing returns. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I Steal Pets is 30 seconds too long. Yeah. Musically, it's not. Mm-hmm. Comedically, it, it is. After you get on that lyric, my parents both are dead, mm-hmm. just in retrospect, that song could be shorter. Because okay. because after that, it, it, it's cool musically, mm-hmm. but comedically, there's there's no other information being added. Mm-hmm. It's it's the need to add information. Mm-hmm. And like, what are you saying that you, that you haven't already said? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at like, like, um, yeah, any, any, any great comedy song is surprising Mm -hmm. and doesn't tell you what you already know. Sure. Sure. Um, there's one little thing I noticed too, in most of, most of my favorite parts, I think of, of any of the songs are when you take an aside, when the music drops out for a second. Yes. I don't know. Is that just a thing that you like to do? Do you do it consciously or is it just that's part of how you write? Because they are, they're all great. So they don't, you know, they don't wear on you or anything. They, they just do pop out in each song. Yeah, um, yeah, I like breaking rhythm. I like break, it's, it's breaking yeah. expectations mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, I made a life-size statue of you out of socks made in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's trying to fit. It's it's trying to fit an idea. You're expecting something to be like, I shouldn't have, you know, I should do this. You're expecting it to be in this rhythm. Yep. But instead, it's a bunch of jumbled words. Sure. That's so funny. I never even noticed that in my songs. How many songs do I do that in? Um, let's I do see. it in well, Ray Bradbury. You that. won an Emmy Award for your screenplay adaptation yep. of Following Tree. Um, I do and- We Don't Need a Man. I made a life-size statue. Oh, and... Pictures of your dick. I uh-huh. mean, I guess it's like both pictures of your dick around your neighborhood, like it's a lost puppy. Yeah, yeah, I like doing that. And then in the Mermaid song, this is my favorite mo- moment on the entire album. Wow! When you say money, oh, great! I don't know why that's that funny, but it's fucking. Well, that's also a testament to my producer who mm-hmm. knows when to make. And, and actually, the producer of that song was a, a different producer than anything else. Um, his name's Ethan Carlson. He's great. Um, but I think it's it's just a testament to a good producer in general mm-hmm. of knowing when to cut the music out and let a joke just speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything that you, you should plug? You're on Twitter, all that good stuff? Watch me on, follow me on Twitter. Check yep. out my new video on mm-hmm. Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. It's called Die When I'm Young. Mm-hmm. And um, I perform in L.A. Mm-hmm. sometimes. Right. And then... Yeah, I'm workshopping Act 1 of this new musical on August 7th. That's awesome. And racheldoesstuff.com is Yes, that's my website. Okay, so everything will be there, I hope. Yes, it will be. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Oh, and I'll ask you after that. Um, Thanks for being here. This is an amazing album. 
Thank just, you. It, it makes me very happy. Again, Thank you. It's, it's infinitely listenable. Maybe that's an exaggeration. That's a huge compliment. But I've listened to it a lot. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody listen to the album. Not just no, buy the album. Uh, actually purchase it. I want proof that you've purchased it. And <laughs> um, watch all the videos. And yeah, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Guys, thanks for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl and Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl. You're a prolific author, Ray Bradbury. Come on, baby, I'm down on one knee. I carved our names on a Halloween tree. You write about Earthlings going to Mars, and I write about blowing you in my car. You won an Emmy Award for the screenplay adaptation of Halloween Tree. Follow me, Ray Bradbury.